Hey, you with the rhinestone dog collar. Between us dogs, I just convinced my human to upgrade to a new home with a 1,200 square foot bathroom. I think she called it a yard. With Wells Fargo's 3% down payment on a fixed rate loan, my human realized a new home was within reach. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash woof. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Down payments as low as 3% on a fixed rate loan require mortgage insurance. Ask a home mortgage consultant about loan requirements. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage is a division of Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Equal housing lender. NMLS RID 399801. Feral Audio. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 100 of the Todd Berry Podcast. Who would have thought we'd make it this far, 100 episodes? Certainly not me. I'm not sure how much longer this will happen, this podcast. Will it go to episode 200? Who knows? Who knows? It's too early to talk about that. It's not too early to talk about my upcoming tour dates this weekend, if you're listening to this very soon. I'm at the Comedy Bar doing three crowd work shows. As of now, two of them are sold out. I think there's room for the last one on Saturday. I'm doing two oddball shows, uh, September 4th and 5th in Wontaw, Jones Beach, and then uh, the Banks PNC Bank Arts Center in Holmdel, New Jersey. Then I'm going to Arizona, Tempe, Tucson, Missoula, Boise, Ogden, Spokane, Seattle, Bellingham, Oakland, Sacramento, Reno, and the Fun 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 Fest in Austin. So check me out. There'll be more dates added. I'm torn like a crazy, crazy person. And uh, special thanks to Feral Audio for producing this podcast. They're very nice to work with, very easy to work with, meaning they do everything. And... uh, Follow them on Twitter and go to feralaudio.com. They have a whole bunch of podcasts. Uh, I need to listen to some of them myself. I've listened to some of them, I think. I don't even listen to mine. Check me out on Twitter at Todd Barry, toddberry.com for all the tour date info. And the guest today, I forgot to mention, is John Daly, who's one of my, uh, he makes me laugh. That dude makes me laugh. Like just reading not very not many people write tweets that make me actually oh wow, that's really funny. Handful of people do. It's just me and a couple other people. John Daly's one of them. And here's my talk with John Daly, hundredth episode. Here we go. Hello? John. Hi, is it Todd? It's Todd. What's up, man? What are you doing? I'm at my house, um, just checking Twitter, checking Facebook. Serious? Uh, what's that? Is that why you needed an extra 10 minutes? Um, no, no. I, I needed an extra 10 minutes because I just had some stuff to do. I had to walk my dog. I had to... Are we on the air? Is you yeah, we calling are. Me in the, it's the not the live, so... Oh, boy. If there's anything oh, you've man. said so far you're not happy with, we could cut it out. No, I'm all right with it all. <laughs> um, I'm I'm glad we burned some time there just getting to, getting to know the uh, stuff I was doing. Um, oh, this is, the, this is this what happens on this podcast is I, like, I just shoot the shit, man. I have no agenda. Shoot. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I apologize. I've never heard it. Are you serious? But... <laughs> I'm totally serious. Yeah, I would have yeah, been, yeah. Honestly, I don't care. I would have been surprised if you'd listened to it. I imagine you've never heard my podcast. I don't even know. What's your podcast? My podcast, I haven't done in a while. I had one called The Rapplecast on Earwolf, and it was just a bunch of different, uh, like, uh, formats of different stuff. Sometimes I would do sketches and sometimes I would uh, interview people and sometimes I would do this thing called building the track where I would be in a studio with a musician and we would make a song together in 20 minutes. Oh, that's that was, cool. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Who'd you get on that? But, uh, what's that? What musicians did you have on that? Um, I had a Harmar Superstar and then small uh, 
Tim Heidecker, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of comedians. It actually, like, sometimes, uh, Nick, Nick Thorburn from Islands was on it, um, uh, Honus Honus from Man Man, um, but, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of times the musicians, the, the comedians would be kind of like, not better to work with, but more used to coming up with things like instantly in a stupid way, which is kind of what making a song in 20 minutes is about. And also, and a lot of, they'd probably be more yeah. inclined to uh, collaborate with another comedian as opposed to a musician who might not want to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that was the weird dynamic that was kind of an obstacle, but because a lot of musicians are, are I, I realized, like, they're used to writing songs, like, in a really careful and, like, beautiful way. <laughs> that is not, <laughs> like, that, that, like, makes their songs really good. And, and when you try to just go, okay, let's just make it like this. Yeah, this is 20 minutes, right? They're like... Oh, oh, God, oh, oh, yeah, I guess that could be the lyric. I mean, that's terrible. Should we do that? And you're like, this isn't doubt time. This isn't time to doubt. It's time to move. <laughs> yeah, there's no, uh, there's no overdubs. Yeah, no overdubs. We're not like Prince. Did any of the musicians, um, Prince. any musicians ever use any of the songs, like beyond the... Um... I don't think so. Um, some of them were, you know what? There were some good hooks in there. I made a song called Donkey Strut with uh, Steve Agee. Uh -huh. um, and that was like a funk song. But my favorite one is with Harm Our Superstar. We made a Christian, uh, a Christian, um, like, metal song, basically. Like an 80s Christian metal song called uh he is lord he is risen <laughs> he is born um, he is lord oh he's lord. lord yeah he is lord he is risen <laughs> um it sounds like a real if song. i was still if i was still doing that i would definitely have you on because uh i know that you're a musician and you're you play drums and you played drums in rem right <laughs> yeah i did i was i was rem's original drummer Right, Not right. I remember bring seeing, that, know that. Yeah, and and they just, they were just you just had a dispute about how mellow they were. You just wanted them to rock harder, so you quit. Yeah, right? I, I said no acoustic, no twelve string guitars. Yeah, yeah, no, no mandolins. Come on, REM. <laughs> REM, REM, are they good? They're good, right? They're one of they're my good. favorite bands, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're. I really like them. I think they're cool, and I think that they're all super positive dudes, and their message is super cool. And but I never like grooved, and their jams are cool, but I never like got into them. Who did I you feel like? Uh, who did I get into? Yeah. You know, Garden, Bana, Peppers, <laughs> Chains, Chains, <laughs> Chains. Not really Chains. I wasn't really into Allison Chains. But I did like Rooster. I liked their hits, and I liked them bones. And then I got into, uh, I was into, like, Fugazi. I was super into Metallica. Um, were you ever into Metallica? I had a huge Metallica fan. I wasn't, like, but all interestingly, I did a show outside of San Francisco, like, six months ago, and... I was waiting in the hallway, and then after the show, to greet the crazed fans, the crazed 80 fans that showed up, and Lars walked over. Really? Yeah, he came there, came to the yeah. show with his wife. Dude, that's great. Yeah. You're comedy fans? Yeah, how, he how like, was... was quoting jokes of mine that I'd forgotten that I'd done. Oh, wow. That's... My whole cat. So he's a deep Todd Berry fan, Lars Ulrich. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's just funny, he's, the uh, idea of him, like, calling his fiancée and saying, hey, you want to go to the show with me or whatever? I guess he doesn't have to call her. They probably live together, but... Yeah, I bet he's the guy that's, like, a real crack-up in the band, you know, like, early on. He's like, yeah, dude, because it's freaking boo-boo. And everyone's like, yeah, you're great. He's so funny. What a Lars is so precocious. And then, like, 20 years later, 
he's like the biggest dick in the world. <laughs> no, maybe he's not. I don't. I don't want to diss him on your podcast. No, I don't know any. Now. I mean, I only know him from my encounter where he was very nice to me. That's cool. That's cool. I, I mean, work with the guy. He's he got a path for life. He's in the talent. <laughs> yeah. If someone comes up to me, and goes, "I think you're funny," then I don't care what they do outside of that. Yeah, I have like like this bands on Twitter before and stuff and then they'll be like hey we love you and I'll be like I've always loved your music this is a real thing I, I'm really into you guys it's great like hey hello um, one time though I made fun of Lady Smith Black Mombazo uh-huh. and I have no not because of their music I think they all they're you know they're good if anyone's good Lady Smith, Black and Bottom, really good. I think they're amazing, but uh, I just made a joke about it because they have a funny name, and and they were they got back to me and they were offended, and so I actually wrote like a really like a, a many tweet. I actually wrote many tweets. It's a really hard thing to do, but uh, no, I just apologized to them. The I band like, sorry, themselves or their fans? No, the band. Like really? the band, Lady Smith, Black, Black and Bottom. They're their Twitter liaison was like, excuse me, uh, what? <laughs> Why are you doing this? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, and I started citing examples of how big a fan I am. Like, Did you I have love, to look those up? I love you guys in Graceland. That's how big a fan I am. I have all, I'm so big a fan of Graceland that I have all the African singing parts memorized, too. That's what I, <laughs> I actually referenced them in my first Conan set. I don't remember the whole joke, but... um. That was a tactical. You, you reference Lady, Lady Smith? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I'd have to go into my archives. Yeah. I want do you keep uh, archives? Do, no. Do you I, archive stuff? I have, do, you write jokes, do you write jokes down on note cards like Joan Rivers? No, I don't. I, should, I have little. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I write into my little Evernote app or uh, I have lists, but I don't, know, I don't yeah. have a filing system. But she had a bigger house, yeah. so she could, like, have lots of files. Right, and she wasn't actually, yeah, you could just have it on a computer if you were going to do it, but she's pretty old school. Yeah, she had that big file cabinet, yeah, that which nice. is more, I would rather have that. I would rather just be able to touch a card with a joke on it than go to, like, a digital file. But Yeah, because she could lay them out, I guess. She could what? She could, like, sort of lay them out on a table and... Get an order going. Yeah. So are you going? Are you going on your crowd work tour again? Is uh, it happening again? No, I'm. I'm. I'm doing some shows in Toronto. I'm doing them, but uh, you know, it's funny. Plug I was, any, you want to plug any dates? <laughs> am I, are we wrapping up on your podcast? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ten minutes in, we're like, oh, do you have any plugs? Wait, this is my show. <laughs> are you going to Montreal at all? No, are you? No. Have you no, ever been? Never, I've never been. Why never not? Been to Montreal. Nobody's ever done the thing where they invite you to go <laughs> to me, <laughs> towards me. <laughs> so, so uh, they never had me. I don't know. I, I, I auditioned uh, once, and I did uh, just stand up. And I, I mean, I do do stand up, but I'm not like a stand up. But uh, you know, it just didn't go well. And I guess they were just like. This guy needs to be in a couple more. This guy needs to be bigger because he's not a new face. Not a new face. He's on TV. Yeah. And they were like, he's not, you know, a big comic either. So I was just kind of in the middle. But maybe if I'm in a couple more big movies, they'll they'll have me. What's the last movie you were in? Um, got a. I'm, I'm in this. Movie uh, Masterminds that's coming up, and uh, I've got a couple of indie movies coming out. Um, one is called Addicted to Fresno with Natasha Leone and Judy Greer. Oh, that's I know. It's going to be really funny. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. The best. Super funny. Um, you know, and uh, I'm on Suicide Squad. I don't even so know what that cool. is. I'm embarrassed. Suicide Squad? What is that? Um, it's a it's a DC uh, comics thing. It's uh, Jared, you know Jared Leto. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy 
is uh, the Joker. He plays the Joker. And it's like this. What it is, is they go into, I'm making this up. They go into Arkham <laughs> Asylum. Gotham is a plague, right? And Batman is, is uh, you know, nowhere to be found. He's on his the dark night. Dark Knight of the Soul. Oh, man. And uh, and they go to Arkham Asylum, and they assemble a, a team of, uh, I believe this is what it is, of, of criminals, including the Joker, Harley Quinn, who's played by Margot Robbie, and Will Smith plays one of these. It's like Will Smith. It's like the biggest cast of all time. So it's um, a movie. Yeah. Okay. And I play, uh, I play Batman, so I'm, I'm playing Batman now. Are you serious? No, I'm JK. Just kidding. Are you even in this movie? Uh, not in the movie. That was a big... I, if you knew what the movie was, you'd be like, <laughs> John, I, that's funny. So we went through all that. Um, that was like, a, was like a little performance art piece you just did there. It was a bit. Yeah, you know. yeah that's, that's a better I, I was, <laughs> Man, I love going to bars with Todd. He's always we're always doing performance art pieces. We're never talking about. It's <laughs> pretty real sad. Stuff. I forgot the word bit. <laughs> you're, you're you're doing like a well, maybe it wasn't a bit. You know what he does? It's not really bit. It's more performance. Well, it wasn't. You know why it was performance art? Is because I asked you a serious question, and you answered in a bit, as opposed to just. Well, the first few answers were uh, real, and then I became uh, self-conscious about just listing my credits, and then I did a fake one just to, that was clearly not real, in my opinion. No, suicide Squad. Feel free to do I think more Suicide things. Squad is most famous for people who've, like, it was, it's weird, because, like, Tom, like, people dropped out of it, and then I started hearing about it, like, Tom Hardy dropped out of Suicide Squad. Oh, what Suicide Squad? And then I looked at it. Okay. Did you call your agent? Oh, can I have the Tom Hardy part? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> can I get this? We're the same type. I feel like we're the same type. You know, um, I got new headshots, and I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to audition. I was seeing uh, Tom Hardy's great. You see Mad Max? Is he the one who's in Lock? That movie Lock? Yeah, he's in Lock. Yes. Do you know that movie? No, I've never seen it. It's really good. It's just him in a car the whole time, talking on the phone. Oh. Really? Yeah, I think he's the one who's in it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, there's more to the story, but you could look it up. It's on iTunes. He's in this movie, uh... He's in this movie, what is it called? He plays this... He plays this prisoner um, that just, like, is the worst maniac prisoner. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's like got a mustache in it and every time they try and bust him out of his cell he fights them and it's like super, super violent. Uh, Bronson. You seen that? Bronson? No, I haven't. You worked at Starbucks? I did work at Starbucks, yeah. When? Um, I worked at Starbucks. I moved to New York in 1990. Seven, the end of 1997, and I uh, got a job at Starbucks, the worst Starbucks in New York City, which is uh, at One Penn Plaza on 34th Street and 8th Avenue, oh, God. right across the street from Madison Square Garden. Oh. Nightmare. In the basement of a, of a skyscraper. So the job was just showing up at 5.30, getting the restaurant ready, and then at like 6.30, all these high-powered fucking corporate... Like, is it cool to swear on this? Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's really <laughs> So all these, it was just like serving coffee every day to the same, like, 400, um, you know, kind of like suits that worked at One Penn Plaza. And uh, so it would be just a constant line out the door until about noon. And then you were done at, like, 2. You'd have, like... Yeah, it was a it was it was a nightmare. Uh, I was a barista, and so you just I got used to making like you know four hundred drinks a morning or whatever. But don't they give you like a quickie barista course? Isn't it like a week? Well, that's what I learned about the beans and stuff. They give you like they give you a little class, and then 
you have like on the job training, you have like a, a ghost, you know, you kind of like follow, you shadow someone. Yeah. And then you just kind of, and then you work the counter and then you kind of like, I was very good at making drinks. I don't want to brag, but I was uh, good at uh, mixing up coffee. But uh, I, I got the barista position and then I, you may remember, I, then I, from that barista, I couldn't stand working at Starbucks anymore. I worked there for about six months to, to maybe like nine months. And then, uh, I got another job as a barista on, do you remember on 13th and 6th, there was a place called Sando Cozy? Cozy? Oh, Cozy, yeah. That's a chain. Yeah. Yeah, it's a chain. It was another, like, corporate chain. I love that you and, thought that would uh, be better. That was way better. Oh, was it? Was it? way okay. mellower. Oh, yeah. And that was a great, actually, and then I started waiting tables there. And that was, even though it's a corporate place, it was, like, really a good job for like a comedian to have because they just like, I'd be like, Hey, I have to do Conan. Um, I'd show up to work and be like, I have to leave now cause I have to do Conan. Uh, I'm doing a bit on Conan or whatever. And they'd be like, you can't leave. And I'd be like, I'm going to leave. Uh, I don't care about losing this job. Goodbye. And then, <laughs> and they'd be like, okay, go. And then I would just still have the job. They wouldn't, they would be like disappointed, but they would never like fire me. So it was it was pretty excellent. And I feel like at some like more high powered restaurant, like they really give a shit if you're there, and they're like they're like, why'd you miss your shift? Yeah. Oh my god, we were fucked last night. You know, like and this restaurant was just like, oh whatever. Everyone hates this. <laughs> Bye. That's why I was a teacher for a while. You were a substitute teacher, yeah. really? S super flexible. Yeah. I had friends who did that. What did you teach? Oh, I taught, you know, uh, Chinese history. No, I taught uh, nothing. You sit there. <laughs> nothing specific? So you just show up and maybe like... You're a body you're that legally has to be there. Right. Oh, wow. And in New York, yeah. they, um, the teachers would never leave you a lesson. I did it in Florida, and the teachers would leave you a lesson plan. So you would kind of come in yeah. armed with something. New York, they never did that. So you, they just knew... Oh, this guy's got nothing. <laughs> and I don't blame so them. And you, then they would just act like lunatics for the whole class. And yeah, did you ever talk about, like, rock or comedy or anything? Or? That's the thing is they didn't, I mean, most of them didn't give me a chance to find out how cool a guy I really am. Like they, yeah. <laughs> they just went, sub, here we go. They didn't hate me. Yeah. They just loved the free time and were got silly, so... Yeah, yeah. You were just like, so what are you guys working on? All right, we'll try and do some homework. <laughs> yeah, Pretend it's hard you're to doing be... homework. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to be powerful How old are these, you How old are these don't kids? High school? You're supposed to teach them. Say it again? It's hard to be, you know, have any sort of power when it's so obvious to them that you don't know what you're supposed to teach them. Yeah. You got to use that soft power. <laughs> you got to just be like, you guys are the best. Do what you need. Learn your stuff, and we'll be cool. That is what I did, pretty much. And then, did you do any other jobs? Um, I've had some, like, temp jobs. My father helped me get a job at, like, a magazine. That was a really easy, nice job. And uh, that sounds makes right. me sound privileged. That was just one job in my entire life that family helped me with. Yeah, you, re you really reek of white privilege. It's really and, gross. Yeah. Um, I'm an heir to the Condé Nast uh, <laughs> um, I uh, I also temped in this place right after 9-11. I lost um, all my waiting tables jobs because nobody would come into restaurants downtown anymore. And uh, I got uh, this job that was down at 9-11, and you could still smell 9-11. It was the most depressing. I mean, obviously, it was a tragedy. It was the most depressing thing to go there and it was the job was you would show up there was this guy at ucb named eli who's a really nice guy oh, eli, yeah 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 uh he was on delocated and uh he he had this <laughs> thankless job where he would hook up comedians with he was a he was a staffer so he would hook up comedians with like 
crap jobs, which was, you know, totally necessary. So it was cool. And he'd be like, all right, all right, Daly, you want to work at this? You know, okay, what you're doing, like, my job was I'd go into work and they, uh, it was just people who hated themselves, so just the worst. And the job was taking boxes of files, legal files uh-huh. that were stapled together, literally taking them out of the box one by one and transferring them to unstapling them and then transferring them to another box unstapled where somebody else, and you'd put a sticker on the box and put it on a shelf. Somebody else would scan all the files into a computer, give you back the box of unstapled stuff, and then you would take that out and then (laughs) staple it all together in order and put it back in the original box and then send it away. Wow. Um, Totally. Like like when I was looking for jobs like that before I was a celebrity, I... Hello? They, uh... Yeah, that is the kind of job that I uh, I would love that job because it's so mindless. Yeah, it was actually like I listened to I got into Stern. Uh, I listened to Stern in the morning, like, but uh, but it was mindless. And then they were like, "You guys can't." And then they were like, "Yo, you can't like uh, listen to your you can't listen to music." And then, and then it was like, "We can't listen to music. Like, what are we gonna do?" And then we would talk. And then they'd be like, you can't talk. You oh can't my talk. God. I was like, you just want us to leave? And I remember, I'll never forget the day. It was It was just, and every screen, it was down in 9-11. You could smell the burning rubber still. And every every computer screen in the fucking office had an image of, like, never forget 9-11. And you just walk, it's like you walk to 9-11, and then everything's a memorial to 9-11. Nothing's wrong with that, but it was just like it weighed on your mind a little bit. And right. it was just so depressing. I remember one day, post not being able to uh, listen to music and post not being able to really talk to each other, um, unless if, if anyone was around. Remember that guy, Ptolemy? I mean, he's yeah. still around. He's a really successful actor and everything. Yeah. He's a super nice guy, but he. He was, uh, I remember, I'll never forget, like, we were working that job. It was me, I think, Seth Morris, a couple other people, and Ptolemy was there. Just, like, in hell, working this terrible job, making no money. And I'll never forget him going. He got a phone call, and then he came out, and he was like, all right, guys, see you later. And it was like, I was like, hey, what what, what'd you, what happened? He was like, oh, I just got a commercial. I got a Burger King commercial. <laughs> I'm going to make, like, you know, 50 grand. So I'll see you guys later. I love that they <laughs> was, wouldn't let you listen to music. It's like, I don't think you guys can handle music and unstapling at the same time. Yeah, I know. It's like a necessary part of the job, and they're taking it away. But the that managers weren't, uh, they weren't smart. <laughs> no talking, no listening to music. You guys have some unstapling to do. Yeah, all you have to all you do is staple and get like four hundred paper cuts a day. <laughs> like paper cuts were such a problem that it was like they had you know a, 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 you know they were just like you're gonna get paper cuts. You know it was like a real rundown. Like you're gonna get paper cuts. It's like getting it's a grease uh, if you're working at McDonald's. Get, yeah, yeah. But that was probably, I mean, that was hell. That, I, I couldn't, like, I could make my rent waiting tables, but doing that stuff, like, I could really not make it. And Do you remember what it paid? Like, oh, man. I think it was $10 an hour, oh. something like that. It was rough. And then, and everyone was so mean to us. And, yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was a rough time. And then, uh, yeah, I think that was the last job I had. And then I got an amazing temp job where it was a month, and it was one of those temp jobs where you're just like, oh, I can't believe this. (laughs) It was just, this guy called me, he was like, you're not going to believe this. This is a temp job where you, all you have to do is sit at the top, literally top office, um, entire of a, like an office that takes up the entire floor of a Manhattan skyscraper, uh, like right by the, uh, um, like in kind of like East Midtown. They're like, you have to sit in this East Midtown skyscraper and just sit there. All you have to do is be there to accept deliveries. 
and there's one delivery a day. So after that delivery, you can leave. And but we'll pay you for the whole day. Oh and my it was God. like twenty dollars an hour. Like this it was just one of those magic things where there was this rich guy that was like, How much should I pay someone like for this? Twenty bucks an hour okay, twenty bucks an hour. I just want to make sure this gets done. I'll give him twenty dollars cash an hour. And so this guy would just give me cash. Like twenty bucks an hour, so give me like hundred. Give me like an envelope full, of like you know, hundred bucks, like, like or like two hundred bucks every two days or whatever that adds up to. And that was that was a magical thing, but it only lasted for like three weeks or a month or something. Do you know what like he was that. getting delivered? Um, he was getting delivered like super boring stuff, um, and uh, you know it was like literally like boxed up um, cubicles like and then they would like be like doing wiring shit I remember uh, I'd go there just like smoke weed and eat big deli sandwiches I'd be like this is uh, yeah, you pretty must good felt rich yeah I felt rich I could pay my rent for that month and this was at a time when I was like telling my landlord I was like listen uh Sometimes I get these acting jobs and I can pay off, you know, my rent. And but I would I would be like four months late on rent, and oh, I had really? these like very understanding landlords that were kind of like, "All right, John," and I would always pay it. But it was like definitely like, "Oh, thank you for allowing me to live in New York City, <laughs> kind people," because I can't really get it together. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's when I lived with I lived with Adrian Grenier for a while. Wait, who is that? You know, he's uh, the star of the show Entourage. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. I live. I live with that guy. As I said in, uh, that, I kind of knew who I was talking about, but too late. Yeah, yeah. He's famous. Yeah, um, he is. But yeah, I was working at Starbucks. Crazy. I mean, I was working at Starbucks, and that guy had gone to like the performing arts high school. Was, like, super hot. Like talented, good-looking actor. I moved in with him. He was doing a Woody Allen. Like, I was working at Starbucks, and I would come home from Starbucks with, like, coffee-stained fingers and, like, like, all right, let's try and buy weed or whatever. And he would he'd be like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I want to do this movie. And I'd be like, what movie? He'd be like, yeah, it's this Woody Allen movie. I was like, what? You're wondering if you should do it. He's like, yeah, it's a small role and stuff. So, but then he like did it. He did a did a did a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio while I was living with him. That movie, Celebrity, Woody Allen movie. And then he did like this movie, Drive Me Drive Me Crazy. And I remember he was like, yeah, they're gonna give me like I'm doing this movie, Drive Me Crazy with Melissa Joan Hart or whatever. I was like, holy shit, amazing, you're doing a movie. He was like, yeah, they're only giving me 60 grand. Oh. I was like, 60 grand? Oh, my God, that is more money Definitely than i keep having a roommate, though. What's that? Definitely keep having a roommate when people are handing you checks for $60,000. Yeah, I know. Well, he he had a little, like, he had a an apartment and, like, had people kind of come in and out and had a very community-oriented lifestyle that was actually very similar to the show Entourage, though his friends were all smarter and cooler. Um, but he did have that kind of personality. He was just like, yeah, come hang out, and he's a nice guy. He was all right? He's an all right guy, yeah. he's uh, Everybody wants to fuck him. That's the <laughs> thing about him. Uh, he's very attractive. It's like, should I fuck these women? I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like that feeling, too. Like, I don't know if I should fuck this, like, 18-year-old Manhattan debutante. So, you know, she's just kind of, she's just kind of boring or whatever. <laughs> I was like, wow. I, I want to, I was like, I, I want to fuck these girls. <laughs> let me, let me fuck these girls. Now um, let's talk about uh, a Facebook post that you wrote about me. All right. No, it's not, I'm not going to get in your face about it. But it, well, don't get in my Facebook. <laughs> I, uh, you wrote something. It was just one thing I wanted to talk about. Like you wrote some really. Are you really offended by this? No, no, no. The only thing I was going to question. No, you wrote Todd Barry because I plugged my uh, crowd work tour movie thing that's on uh, Netflix, 
and yeah, wrote which I love. Tour without favorite, an act. The thing he did. What's that? It's my favorite thing. Like I love it. Really? Yeah, I love your fucking crowd work, Jordy. Fucking asshole. I love your crowd. Well, I love your crowd work. I mean, your tour is great. But I, I'd always say, me and Brett would watch you at like Crash or whatever Crash Test or Rafifi, and you know sometimes you'd be trying out stuff and it wouldn't work. And I always loved when you would try out stuff and it wouldn't work, and you just turn your hatred on the audience. <laughs> So the one uh, sentence anyway, I was going to ask you about is Todd Barry can tour without writing an act, a thing he'd judge in others very harshly. But it works mm-hmm. somehow to be one of my favorite things. Fuck this guy. None of that bothered me. But I, I, I don't think I would judge someone harshly for doing that. You don't think you'd judge somebody? No, I would judge. I wouldn't oh. judge just the concept. I would see how it came out. But no right no i think you're right i okay i retract that statement i think i was trying to <laughs> i'm make not it really upset or i was trying to promote your show in sort of my own way and make it sort of uh i, I think that i was maybe reading into your personality there and being like if todd saw this he'd be like where's your fucking act because you have come <laughs> and you know what it's based on it's based on you coming up to me um it's based on, I forget what comedian it is. I don't want to name any names. Yeah. There were a lot of, but, but, uh, you, you'd come up to me after, after set sometimes and just whispered in my ear. You'd be like, Hey, Hey, yeah, you good at performing. Where's your act? You need an act. <laughs> I said that to you. <laughs> you definitely, you definitely like watch comics and, and go like, yeah, yeah. Gotta get an act. Gotta get an act. <laughs> that was something that you'd said to me before that stuck in my mind. Well, I didn't say it about but, you though, did I? But I don't. I don't. I don't consider you a person that is, uh, you know, judgmental of people winging it or whatever. No, I, and I wasn't really bothered by this. I just thought I'd bring it up to stir up some controversy. Yeah. No, I thought. I, I just. I, I wanted to do it. And nobody's really done. Nobody's done a even anything close to like a crowd work tour it's one of the most original ideas i mean it can only be copied now i think a couple people have done it i mean i didn't invent it but um who did it a guy named tommy tiernan in ireland did something similar i haven't seen it um yeah but he's irish (laughs) you know he's like one of those he's like i'm going to tell a little story and the thing about it is is it all makes sense at the end and then making it up isn't that cool everybody's happy you know <laughs> and you're like fucking coming up with jokes and <laughs> destroying people on the spot <laughs> and it's uh much better you know those irish people are they're, they're funny and a lot of them are brilliant but you know they'll be like Look, it's like a nicely woven fabric. My perfect story, and doesn't it? Oh, if it doesn't relate to culture, oh well. I was going to have you open for me in Dublin, but it's not going to happen now. Oh shit! You know what? Another memorable Todd Berry experience. Okay. But why? I don't know how you felt about this, but you know, I I've seen you obviously coming up and stuff, and you were you know a big. Uh, Big, one of my faves at at uh, that point. At that point, um, you're one of my faves. <laughs> you moved and, uh, on. I understand. Yeah, I've moved on. <laughs> um, but uh, but at that point, you know, and I, I'd never really seen. I'd seen you with these New York crowds. It's very adoring. And then I went to Edinburgh with uh, <laughs> to do the Edinburgh festival with uh, Kurt Brownoller and his improv group and you were there and I was like oh shit I'm gonna see Todd in Edinburgh and I think I saw you bomb for the first time really was yeah. there like two people and in the audience though there was not a lot of people do you remember any of those I think you was did it, so I've done Edinburgh shows. twice was it 2004 or 5 or 4 or was it 2010 yeah I think it was two, it must have been 2004 yeah um, yeah that was rough was, that whole festival it was rough, rough. Yeah, but I think you were doing a lot of like I was only doing like two and a half weeks of shows or something. You you did like a month, a full month. I had a month, and I had my slot was ten of midnight. Right. The show in the next and room was the best of the fest. It's one of those things.
things where the festival is just kind of a scam and they're like, hey, come out, it'll be great. And then you're like spending your own money to try yeah, they, and like prop up your show because they lie, because basically they just lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of abandoned um, me a little bit. I mean, it was like I wasn't expecting sellouts at 10 of midnight, but it's like the show I was going up against in their own theater was like a best of show featuring all their local heroes that sells out way in advance and then. Right, right. Uh, some of the shows were good, but some didn't even happen. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And it was it was this show. It was the year that Dimitri, not that he won, but it was the year that after he won, and so he was like the conquering hero. Yeah, coming back. And he like wrote a new show, and he was like you know getting mobbed and kind of like just you know. Uh, he was, he won the, what is it? The Perrier. Yeah. The, the Perrier Award. <laughs> the fanciest award ever. Let's talk about uh, being on Ice T's podcast together. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love Ice T's podcast. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I love Ice T. I, I, uh, it was, I, I just, like, started listening to it, and I was just like, oh, wow, is this really just good? And he's, it's so funny, and now he's had these, for a while, he was trying out different things, and that's why we were on it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we ruined it for everyone? I think we might have ruined him having com- comedian guests. But Comedians who we have me to, on? Yeah, well, this guy, Alex, who's Spice's podcast producer is a nice guy like kind of was like ice was like i want to get this you know this guy like he asked me to do uh, a segment like it would be a weekly or every time i do the podcast segment called ask a geek ask a nerd Uh and i think he heard me on a podcast or something i thought it was funny and it was like yeah you're a nerd which i guess i am but i'm not really a nerd nerd, like I'm not into nerdy things like the Comic Con nerds are into or something, but I'm, you know, uh, so they were like, uh, I mean, I, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I like Batman as much as the next guy, but I, I, I'm not into the multiverse or whatever. But, uh, and it, it was fun. Like I had it on, but they were like, talk about furry. They really wanted me to talk about like nerd centric things. So I did it, and it was really fun, and I loved it. And then I did it again, and then I kind of stopped doing it, because I was just like, I don't want to be the... I just don't want to be... Like the phone sidekick. ...on your podcast at all. And, and I just did it to do anything, any sort of collaboration with Ice-T. I was just like, I will do anything to do anything with Ice-T, because I love Ice-T. Yeah, I got to do it but then live when, in his apartment. When we were on it, it was, it was weird. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> you, I was... Because I, I was there, and... uh. I think I feel like I just told this story, but I'll tell it anyway. I got this inquiry to do his podcast. I was like, oh, there's no way he knows who I am. And they go, no, he wants you to do it. Yeah. So I show up, and his manager picks me up, and then I go to his apartment, and I meet him, and he's like, yeah, hey, what's your last name again? <laughs> okay, got it. But then yeah. it, all came, it all made me realize, oh, he's got this young kid who likes comedy, who's pushing these people on him. But he was really nice to me, though. Right, he's a nice guy, Alex. No, I mean Ice T was nice. Oh, Ice T was Ice T's the best. Ice T's the best. Coco was there. Uh, Coco was there. Yeah, she offered me a glass of wine. I was like, that's all right. <laughs> ice T got me a glass of ice water. I mean, it all happened. Wow, that's amazing. And I took a bus. That's home. a joke. That's a joke right there. I know. Uh, ice T got me a glass of ice water. That's, um, and you met McBenzo. McBenzo is Ice T's, uh, his manager. I think that's the, he's guy on the pod. He's on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a thing called the Mictionary that is, uh, just him when he mispronounces words, which is all the time. <laughs> Ice makes fun of him and just goes, put that in the Mictionary. And it's his own, <laughs> yeah. it's his own version of, like, how to pronounce words, which is funny. I like that. I just remember um, that thing you did, the Red Hot Chili Peppers fake song. That was great. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Did you I did this. What, Sorry? describe it for the people? Um, 
Yeah, I did this. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers did the Super Bowl about uh, uh, two Super Bowls ago with Katy Perry, maybe, or something like that. And uh, when I found out they were doing the Super Bowl, I made this website uh, called rhcp2014.com. <laughs> and uh, I made this Red Hot Chili Peppers song. I just kind of, I like, had been kicking around an idea for like making a Red Hot Chili Pepper song parody anyway. Yeah. And then they started playing the Super Bowl and I was like, oh, I'll make, I'll finish this song and then put, and then put it up as this fake website and trick everybody into thinking that it's a free download that the Chili Pepper's going to play at this next concert. And it kind of tricked some people. Um, so that was awesome. It got, it got a, I think Yahoo News reported it. And so it's like you go to the website and it's like a free download. And it's this ridiculous Chili Pepper song that I feel like is actually pretty... I tried to make it as, you know, like, you know, I don't think a non-Chili Peppers fan could have made that song. and not to toot my own horn, but I was pretty, pretty into them when I was a kid. So were you ever into them? I actually weirdly saw them... I saw them twice. I saw them... They played this place called the Cameo Theater in Florida with the complete, like, the absolute original lineup. Twice I saw them with yeah. the original lineup. And uh, that was, like, I don't know, 30 years ago or something? Then they played University right. of Florida sometime between 82 and 86 when I was there. And they played the— Oh, wow. So they've been together since 82? Yeah, they played the union, the student union, and there were people, like, slam dancing, and they— uh, they just turned the they pulled the plug on them and really? then i missed this second part but i was there for that but then apparently a guy i know who had a club invited them who want to finish this show at my club and they went over to this club and it finished them then i ran into them the next day when they were getting bagels or something they or was, or was at a record store and they, i ran into them but then they got in this like uh station wagon with this nebbishy tour manager who you could see must have been driven crazy by them but I feel like people pick wow. on them. It's weird because I feel like, well, they're you cannot like them, but they are a real band. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're a real band. They did. They did it right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, they were my favorite band. I mean, like right after like Metallica. Like I guess like you know like when grunge broke, I was definitely like, oh, the Chili Peppers are like top three favorite bands. I went to see them twice at Lollapalooza and then like another time in Pittsburgh and uh, I like love them so I mean there's you know what, uh, the only thing I make fun of them for is their California-ness <laughs> like they just decided I mean they're a pretty big target with how much they say the word California it's just crazy <laughs> what was the name it's of crazy. your song? Abracadabra California <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and it went bing a bong a bong a bong Burbank. It's about like California, but the shitty suburbs. <laughs> how did you leak the website? Um, like, how did I what? How did you sort of put it out there without saying I'm I made this? Right, I uh, I made it, and then I gave it to Tom Sharpling, um, and like Brendan Small, I think, and. Tim Heidecker, but I was like, give this if you can, because people who know like famous bands and stuff like that, I yeah. was just like, it would be amazing if this could be disseminated by people who uh, are in bands, only music and no comedy, you know, so if you know people, and so I think John Worcester did it, even though he's kind of comedy and music, and so a, a few people were just, I was like, and like, people who would comment on music. Anyway, Jake Fogelmast and, like, people are super into it. I was just like, present this on Twitter as if you were shocked that this is real. Like, I can't believe the Peppers did this, you know? So I was like, put it out there as if it's real and that you can't believe it and it's so retarded or whatever. And then, so people put it out there. But, my, but by the time it was about two on the day that it came out, like Rolling Stone had written about it and like 
Yahoo News had already gotten it wrong and reported about it as if it was real, and people were speculating as to who it was. And so I made the mistake, actually. I should have kept it a mystery for longer, but I was like, it was me. It was me. I did it. <laughs> like, oh, you wanted the credit. I, I did want the credit. Uh, kind of like, I was like, is this credit? Because my, my thought was like, am I not going to get credit for that? Yeah. Like, and I should just say I did it. What is going on? And then I said I did it, and I was like, oh, I should have waited a day. Whatever. Yeah, but I mean, I think that, that I would have been the same way. I would have been like, oh, you guys like this? Well, I want to let you know who did it. Yeah, I would be. Did the did the Chili yeah. Peppers find out about it? The Peppers did find out about it. And uh, they all had previously followed me on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, not all of them, but Flea and Keats. And... Uh, they all unfollowed me. Seriously? <laughs> I they're big fans. But um, Chad Smith did tweet it. He was like, he tweeted it out with, ha, 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 ha. Like, yeah. I mean, it's thought, pretty, uh, it's hard to be offended by, right? Say again? It's kind of like hard to be offended by. It's not like you really fucked them over or anything. Yeah, it's hard to be, like, if they were offended by it, they're really sensitive dudes. Like, I can imagine, my fantasy is that Flea thinks it's funny and it's kind of like, all right, you get what we're doing. Sorry, we're doing it. By the way, we're, we're insanely successful billionaires or whatever. Yeah. And that Ketis, and I think Ketis might be like, what the, who the fuck is this guy, man? Like, what we do, <laughs> what we do, well, I don't know. I can speculate. But they're a funny guy, so you'd think they'd be in, I mean, they're, they were always funny to watch. Like, they would, yeah, that's the thing. Like, they're funny, and they kind of take the piss out of themselves. They're just like, I mean, Flea wears stuffed animal pants <laughs> and, you know, like, has a spiral haircut. And they're just kind of like, we write songs about fucking. <laughs> like, and now I guess, like, about just the, the California sunshine and stuff like that. And aeroplanes. Got on. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, like, totally, uh, they're totally, like, are they're, they're the court they're the, they're the court jesters of alt rock. <laughs> um, you have two, I think, two of my favorite tweets, like ever. I'm gonna read. Oh yeah, yeah. This one, I don't, I don't. I mean, there's this one made me laugh, and I actually went on. I searched these because I remembered them, and then I printed them out. This one oh, is uh, great. Just got some trail mix with some fuck nuts in it. I feel eat, I feel guilty eating those googly little shitheads. Uh, oh my god! I fucking love that. Just All right. So fucking bananas. Like, what were you thinking when you wrote that? But that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Then this one, I think, is a really good one. We wrote, uh, "Does Tilda Swinton live in a house, or does she just walk slowly into the ocean in a bridal gown in between movies?" That's a good one. Right. Both of those are I remember solved. that. That's my most popular tweet. That keeps coming back. Like, every once in a while, that'll get retweeted. Until the Swinton one will get retweeted by, like, some, some random person who finds it. Who's someone searching for Tilda Swinton. Yeah. And I, I'm like, oh, shit. That must happen to Rob Delaney, like, every five minutes. Like, <laughs> oh, wow, this thing from... 2011, yeah, that's just that's back in circulation again. All right, that's cool. Yeah, it is always weird when I get someone retweet something, and you're like, "What are you doing? That you found something from four years ago?" It's... Yeah, but what I think I didn't realize is that there's like a list of your most popular tweet, like your biggest tweets or most favorited or something like that, are listed. And so when people look at your account, if people want to go deep and look at into your stuff, they can, like, say, like, what's the most favorited thing? Really? I, where do you find that? I didn't know about it. Um, there's definitely, like, a website. I don't I don't know what it is. Is it Favestar? Anyone out there knows. But uh, they, there's definitely a thing that compiles. It might be on Twitter, but there's a thing that I've seen that's, like, here are your, most, here are your eight most popular tweets or, yeah. of all time or something like that. But I wanna. I'm like. I'm so sick of Twitter. I just. I. I gotta get. It. I. What. I just want. I want to get off. So. I look, I'm looking at my Twitter right now. I've tweeted thirty thousand over thirty thousand tweets. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. And I know that like a lot of that is just me being drunk, and like late night just doing like four hundred tweets of like. You know, like arguing with somebody or just like this 
trying to destroy somebody oh, man. or something. There was a guy you went at it, and I kind of, it was a guy teaching this sort of scam comedy course. That was you. Oh, right, right. That, that guy. I would retweet that guy. <laughs> that, it was the stand-up comedy course, and it was the most, like, corporate. It's kind of like all the comedian. It's kind of like the old saying of, like, if you have a good website, you're probably not a good comedian. Wait, I have but, a good um, website. I'm the glaring exception to that. Yeah, but you're like an established comedian, yeah, yeah. like you know someone else made your website. Yeah. But, uh, the, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, it was like, uh, which I can remember what it was, but it was this guy that was just like did a stand up teaching you stand up comedy course, and it was the most dry. Wasn't it? It was like the most dry corporate. Yeah. Like, I will teach you how to get your first laugh. Then you got them, and then you reel them in, and you let them out, or something like that. Like, we will go over the fundamentals. It just treated stand up comedy like it was, you know, yeah. working at working at Remax or something, or like working at a paper factory or something like that. <laughs> I remember that because he, um, I remember doing a, a search for him, and I like. He has, like, other than that site, he has virtually no web presence. Like, really, there's not a clip of you doing what you're teaching? Yeah, and there's no, there's absolutely no fun to it. And it's, like, the opposite of, like, like, most people who teach stand-up, it's like, hey, we're going to have fun, it's great. And this is just, like, I will go over the necessary steps to take to write a joke, produce five minutes of usable material, and uh, attend an open mic. Now, at these open mics, like, I think we oh, talked about it in um, our direct messages, if you want to scroll. But I think we covered that enough. But the, uh, I remember, I think one of the things he offered was, like, a, like a six-DVD set, and it's like, did he have these made? Like he did he order a thousand of these DVDs? But Right. He had a DVD set of and what were the DVDs? Like what was that? Yeah, I should have ordered it. Yeah. He just like had a screening or something. I would say that uh the good chance it wouldn't show up. Yeah, I, I wanna know the I wanna see I wanna see sets from the people that bought that too. Yeah, it's also like are you booked? You're not booked anywhere because even you know, anyone could get booked somewhere. Yeah, and anyone who's teaching stand-up that's not a stand-up, like, I, everyone who teaches stand-up is like, here's my stand-up, I teach stand-up, here are my dates, I'm doing, you know, yeah. Orange County or whatever, like, I'm a stand-up, please come to my shows, but also I do this teaching thing, and, you know, I'm annoying about that too, but, you know. <laughs> but this guy was just like, I've cracked the code. There's a way to make people laugh, and it is comedy. And I know what it is, and it's dry, and it's very corporate. And I have a 60 DVD set that, I mean, that's got to be the saddest guy. It's a sad guy. But his course did help me um, immensely. It's, it's what? His course did help me immensely. It took me to the next level. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you needed a, you needed a higher level of comfortability on stage. John, um, uh... Kids, kids. The movie Kids is is back. Um, I'm re I'm reading online, or or it's the 20 year anniversary. I can't believe that it's 20 years since Kids came out. Yeah, did you want to riff um, on that? Because I was about to wrap things up. But if you want to riff them, um, no, I'm just I'm just looking at my Twitter, trying to come up with shit to talk about. But if you want to wrap up, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> I love I love that you're just saying absolutely. I'm just looking at my Twitter while I'm being interviewed. It's not an This is shooting. I'm in, I'm in the room in my house that I call my office, uh, and uh, I'm on, on Twitter, man. That's cool, man. What I do is what I do. What do you want to put? Um, what is your Twitter? John, at John Daly? It's um, at John Daly, J-O-N-D-A-L-Y. Nice. That's my Twitter. It's good branding. Keep up. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm glad I got that J O N D A L Y. You're Todd. You're at Todd Barry, right? Yeah, yeah. I was lucky to get. Nice. What did you? What's your? Uh, and you have a Tumblr where you have some fun stuff. What is that one? I have a Tumblr. I, I, it's like backslash John Daly. I don't even uh, Tumblr is a weird thing because it just compiles my Instagram at this point. My Instagram is John Daly Graham. You can follow me if you want to. 
Ah, you muscled that in. I like that. That was pro. I'm going to stop. I'm hopefully we'll stop doing all this stuff pretty soon. So get get in while you can. Why is that? What do you want to do? Not to just do what I do without any social media. Well, or or at least minimal. This is a dream that I have that may never come true. Nah, you're addicted. I am so. I'm I'm like hopelessly addicted to it. But I am jealous of people who don't do it at all. I ran into that dude uh, actually yesterday. Uh, I ran into that dude, Alex Sulkin, the Sulk. Yeah, like, yeah, really, yeah. Like one of the funniest guys on Twitter. And I was like, what's up, man? Like, uh, you know, you're really funny on Twitter. You don't tweet. He's just like, yeah, man, I'm just off it. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I got sick of it. It's not what it used to be. And I got off it. I was like, yeah, it's not what it used to be. Yeah, yeah I should probably get off it. <laughs> I noticed that he slowed down a little bit. But, yeah, I'm jealous of those people who just have none, none of it. But yeah, because he used to be like in it. He'd be like fucking hilarious and yeah. brutal, and he'd be like, "Oh wow, like one of the guys." And he'd like have these like super sad tweets sometimes, really funny. But uh, but he's out, and you know the sulk is out, and Delaney is is slowing down. You know? Yes, I noticed that as well. He hasn't stopped, but he's slowing down. Yeah. So it's time to it's time to slow down. It's time for both of us it's to pick to up the well, John, for thanks, thanks for uh, being on my thing, man. Um, sure, man. Uh, let's hang out next time you're in town. I will. I'll awesome. Hang we'll hang out now that I have your number. Shit, you got, yeah, man. You have mine too. Damn. Oh, now everyone let's knows. Let's do it. This everyone knows this is on the phone. Okay, but uh, thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. later. Bye. And you people at home, thank you for listening to the Todd Barry Podcast. We'll see you soon. Feral Audio. This is Firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.